All right. Proverbs chapter one. What are some things that we that we learned in Proverbs chapter one? What are some anything? Anything I got? What are some key things? Anything? Proverbs chapter one. What did it start off with? Proverbs chapter one. Anything? Anything? Wisdom and discipline. All right, wisdom and discipline. Ryan, what about wisdom? What's so important about wisdom? What about the time frame? Y'all remember anything about the time frame? Learn when you're young. Learn when you're young, right? Learn when you're young because then you have. A lot in front of you to actually practice wisdom, right? You have actually the opportunities and the things to actually use it. Anything else with it? Purpose and theme. All right, purpose and theme, all right. Um, anything else? The ability to live life skillfully. All right, to live life skillfully, right? And it's through wisdom. So it said that in verse number 20, it says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. What does that tell us? Is wisdom something that's hidden from you? Is, is wisdom something that, that you cannot attain? No, it's absolutely there for you. It is, it is right there, and it is from God, and it cried out in the street. You following with me? And so then it has this response in verse number 22. How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. What is he basically saying? Those who reject wisdom are what? Fools. Fools, because it was there. It was there. And y'all see, y'all see the parallels when we talk about the grace of God, right? It was there. It was there for you to take. It was there for you to receive. It was there for you to accept. He did all the work. He cried out onto the street. He cried out onto the cross. What are we going to do with it? That's where we're at right now. Verse number 23 is that solution. Verse number 23 will start with um, Cole. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Now, what does that tell us? Verse number 23. I will turn you at my reproof. What is that actually saying? What is that, what is that word that we're looking at? To turn. To... Repent. Repent. That is awesome, Cole. So he's saying, listen, you were born simple. You were born a delighter in, in scornful activities. You are born into that path where it says that men just go through their sins, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You're born going that way. So there is a necessary thing to do, which is repent. And you repent at what? What do you repent of? Your sins. Your sins. Thank you, guys. The theme does not change throughout scriptures. You've got to think about it. You're always either looking towards Christ or you're looking back towards Christ, and that's the center theme throughout all of scripture. You following with me? So we see right here another thing. You've got to repent. That is the solution. Verse number 24 is where we're going to start off. What happens when you don't repent? What happens when you don't repent is what we're going to read next. And I, I will say it's, it's a little frightening. It's a little frightening, especially after going Wednesday. You're going to see what we're talking about. Amelia, take us away. Verse number 24. Okay, I, I want y'all to really see this. I know it's Sunday morning, and, and sometimes we're not awake just yet. But do you see what he just said in verse number 24? What did he just say? Do, y- do y'all see the parallels of what's being said here? That we refuse to listen to him. That we refuse to listen to him. Listen, it's, it's not, not that God sent you to hell, right? Or, or, or sent you because um, he didn't offer it to you. Does that make sense? No, it's a refusal. It's a rejection. That part that's interesting, the verbiage in verse number 24, because I have called, I reached out, I came even though you were in complete opposition of me, you were dead, you were simple, I cried out for you, and what did you do, what did you do with it? Rejected. Rejected. So we're going to see the consequences of rejection. The consequences of rejection. But I think it's really cool. What does he say, though, that he did? He stretched out what? His hand. His hand. His hand. So he did the one reaching out to you. You cannot miss that. Verse number 25. Verse number 25. Uh, Dakota. Be 
because you dis disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. What does that say? It is complete and utter rejection, right? What does that also say in verse number 25? Is it kind of like, hey, I gave you one shot and you missed it kind of deal? Like, it was one moment in time? All my advice. Y'all, this is really, really cool. It's a continual pursuit that Christ had after you. Every day that you live apart from Him here on this earth, it is not like He's not pursuing after you. It's not like He's calling out to you. Y'all following with me? Because you're still not getting what you do deserve. You're still receiving mercy. And so it's a continual pursuit after you. That's why it's really important. If you say that you are a born-again believer and you're an imitator of Christ, you need to pursue after people no matter what. No matter if you think they're too far gone, no matter if you think they're really close to giving their heart to the Lord, you've got to continue to pursue after them. And here's the part that's really cool. Did God pick and choose who He would pursue after? Yeah, He chose everybody. Yeah, He chose everybody, right? So we have to make sure that whenever we live the Christian life, we're pursuing who? Everybody. 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 That's very cool. Verse number 26 um, this is where it kind of hits that the consequences of rejection kind of thing. And we are still talking about wisdom too. You guys see, we are talking about wisdom, but we also still are talking about salvation. You see how a lot of these parallels are here? Um, Kale, you want to read for us? Verse number 26. I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when you, when calamity overtakes you. Verse number 26 is saying what? It's after the point of rejection, what, what's got to take place? It's very... The, Failure. What is it? Failure. Failure. He's saying there's going to be a point where it's going to be failure, your rejection. You're going to have to bear the consequences of that rejection. And wisdom, and, and the principle of wisdom here, is basically going to be in a, in a state of laughing towards you because you didn't have to go that route. You, you see what's happening? The, the verbiage here is really amazing. It's basically saying, it was literally right there. You are the fool. You are the fool. It had nothing to do with any outside circumstances. You were the fool. Verse number 27, because uh, a lot of times we don't, we don't really like to read it in that, in, that, in that terms, I guess. Kate, you want to read verse number 27? When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. What is he basically saying right there? When life falls apart. When life falls apart. When life falls apart. What does that tell us as born-again believers when life falls apart? How important is our response? You ever notice that? It shows our Yeah, it shows our heart. It shows where it's at. And a lot of times there are difficult things that are put in our life. There are things that are put in our life. There are circumstances that does not make sense to us at the time. It really doesn't. I mean, you can go through a whole list of things. You can say maybe some issues whenever you're with your friend group. Or you can even say um, some family issues. Or, or, or let's just say when someone gets sick in your family. Or if someone passes away. Sometimes to us, in those moments, it makes no sense, right? We're like, God, why didn't we have a little bit more time? Why don't you just heal them? God, why don't you just mend the relationships? Y'all following with me? But it's in those times, it's in those responses where God is basically saying, Trust me. I have the wisdom to give you. Ask me what I want to show you in this time. Because I'm telling you, it is much greater than the current moment you're in right now. And that is the difference between a born-again believer and the rest of the world, right? Because when difficult things happen, when difficult things happen, what is the normal response? To give up, to lash out. All these different routes. You, you see the difference? You see the difference. Verse number 28. Again, this, this, verse, is, this verse is interesting because it says, 
I won't, I won't spoil it. I won't, anyone want to read verse number 28? Um, Kyle, you want to read 28? I'll hit you again, Cody. Sorry. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to get a new reader. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Then they will call out to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the part that's interesting. Sorry, Kyle. I had, I had to. What does it say in verse number 28? Then they will call out to me. Can y'all please, I mean, tell you, you're going to get goosebumps thinking about this. Wednesday, we talked about the rich man and Lazarus. When did the rich man call out to the Lord? When he was in hell. When it was too late. In hell, he lifted his eyes and did what? Cried out. out. Here, is it not cool? In verse number 28, it says, Then they shall call upon me. When it's over. When it has happened, when, when, when wisdom laughs, when, whenever your rejection has come to its, what is it, florid, what is that word you don't talk about? I can't even say it. You know, when it, when it happens, I guess, I don't know. But what does it say there? Then, then they shall call upon me, which is interesting because then they shall call upon me is also saying what? I mean, think about it. It was God pursuing after us, God coming to us. It was accept or reject. When you're at the point of calling out, do you realize what the issue is now? It's too late. It's too late. It's kind of like words. Like you can't take back words because it's too late. Yes, and, and it's very difficult because y'all have grown up in such a culture that it's like, when you want it, go get it. When you're ready, it's time. It's like this weird culture that you've been grown up in. In reality, it's not true when it comes to salvation, when it comes to God. Here, he came after you, he pursued after you. It's not this moment of when I came to a a knowledge and I was ready and and the pieces were aligned, now I'm ready to accept you. It doesn't happen like that. So here we see it's too late. Then they shall call upon me. And why is he calling upon them now? Because verses 26 through 27. All the consequences of his choices during mercy when wisdom was crying out has come to pass. Kyle, finish off. Then they will call out to me, but I will not answer. Whoa, I will not answer. Now, why will he not answer? What time period are we talking about here? This is how we know they're not talking about what? Yeah, this is after. When mercy's run out. Did you know we were talking about in Proverbs chapter 1? The book that everyone says, you know, you read one chapter a day throughout a month and you'll have one. You know what I'm talking about? Right there we see in chapter 1, there comes a time when it's too late. It's important, the time. He talks, hey, young ones, hey, little ones, while it's there, while the ball is in your court, respond, accept or reject, because there's going to come a point when your, your choices are going to have consequences and it's going to be too late. Then you will know, you'll have knowledge that you rejected, then you'll cry out, but I cannot answer anymore. What does it say, Kyle? What's the next part? They will look for me, but will not find me. Oh. They will look for me and they will not find me. Y'all see the issue? The rich man... And the beggar, right? Did y'all like that this past Wednesday? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that was great, bro. Yeah, I mean, last after I did it, I listened to the recording in my room. It was late at night. I think I stayed up till about 1 in the morning that night, and I was listening to it. I had my, my AirPods in. Y'all, I was like, man. I didn't even, like, it wasn't even as if I was speaking. I was just like, it was even like as if it was me hearing it again for the first time. And I was like, golly, like, this is, this is really, really good stuff. So I like to see these parallels right here. For verse number 29, why is that? Why is that? Um, Alicia, you want to read verse number 29? For they hated knowledge and choose not to fear the Lord. Now we see. Now we see why he doesn't respond back to him. Now we see whenever his wrath is now poured out upon us that it is too late. And it's not because of anything that God chose to do. It's not like he wasn't merciful. 
They refused, and that verse says do what? What does it say? They didn't they fear chose the Lord. Not to believe. They, I like that. What did that C word? Chose. Chose. They chose. <clears throat> the results of your life are based off the decisions that you made every day. It's not some accident. You just don't so happen to get there. It is because of the choices that you make. And if you never want to take responsibility for that, at some point you will. And it may not be in this lifetime, but you will be responsible with all the choices that you made with the mercy that you were given. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Verse number 30. Um, let's see, Valerie Marie? Okay, um, Cole, a little Cole, you want to read? Thank you. All right, got them, got them eyeballs wide open. All right, verse number 30. Since they would not accept my advice, they would not accept my advice and they advice and they what? And they spurned my what? Rebuke, which is very interesting. What does it talk about rebuke? Sometimes when we think about re- rebuke, we think about it as a bad thing, right? What does he say here? Rebuke was what? Rebuke is the opportunity to make change. You do realize that. Rebuking is the opportunity to make change. Hey, I called you out where you were at. Now you have the opportunity to make that change or not. Rebuking is the opportunity to make that change. When someone does something wrong to you, you have the opportunity to forgive them. And when you have the opportunity to forgive them, you actually have the opportunity to show Christ to them. But the world says, you know what? They did that and they're wrong. And you know what? You need to write them off. Don't talk to them again. You don't need to be friends with them, right? But God says, no, I forgive you. I forgive you. So we as Christians, we have to be forgivers continually. Because guess what? If they don't have Christ, they don't know any better. And now by forgiving them, you have the opportunity to show show Christ to them. And the same thing with the rebuke. As a parent, you rebuke your children to do what? Because you don't like them? Why do you rebuke your, your children? Why do you chastise them? Because you don't like them. Because <laughs> you just don't like them. No. What is it? What did y'all have? What's the reason? You want them to be successful. You want them to be successful. You want them to do what? Make a change. A change, right? For the better. That's exactly right. Not only that, as a parent, it's your job. Yeah, it's your, it's your job, right? What do we say about a parent that doesn't rebuke or a parent that doesn't chastise? He's not a real parent. Yeah. <laughs> so, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. doesn't exist. All right, verse number 31. I like this. 31. Right here. Dakota, take us away. Take us away. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. Verse number 31. I want y'all, I want y'all to tell me what y'all think that means. What does it basically say? Can y'all, can y'all help me with this? They're getting what they deserve. They're getting what they deserve. Oh, my goodness, Amelia. That's exactly right. So they are reaping what they sowed. So whenever the plant is grown and it comes up and it's a tomato plant, it has no question in your mind that you plant a tomato seed. So when you're sitting there and you're a tomato plant, you're saying, well, I planted squash. I planted a watermelon. And the people are saying, I see a tomato tree. That's the same thing with Christianity. I'm a Christian, but you look just like the world. But you say, yes, well, I planted the seed. I said the prayer. I, I think it hit when I was 12. The people are saying, no, what we see is the world. Don't tell me you sowed Christ. Because what we're harvesting from your life is the world, the flesh. This is really cool. What you are displaying is what you sowed. 
It says we have the fruit of the Spirit, right? And the fruit of the Spirit is what? That's exactly right. Love, patience, kindness, all those different types of things. Here he's saying if your life does not show those things, and we're not talking about, this part that's interesting, when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and you're like, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Well, then people like to think of one moment this past week where they showed love. You see the issue with that? It should be an everyday thing. It should be a display of your life, not a display of moments in time. Because guess what? There are times in the world where people of the world look like they displayed love. Right? But as a Christian, when it's continually and when it's consistent and when it's constant, that's the difference. Because he said, listen, when circumstances change, that's when we're going to see what you truly sowed. Really, really cool. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. So don't say you sowed Christ and look like the world. I like the tomato thing. Did y'all like that? No. I thought that was yeah, You said tree bush. Oh, tomato bush? Is it a bush? Yeah, yeah I don't think I don't think bush was bush well, was plant. Plants right. I think plants better. All right. Yeah, it's more like a vine. A vine, okay. Uh, the tomato is vine. It, is it a vegetable or a fruit? It's a fruit. 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 And that's because of the seed issue? I mean, okay. Yeah, because of the seeds. Seeds, all right, all right. Wait, bell peppers have seeds now? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad y'all know y'all's fruits and vegetables. Here we go. <laughs> Verse number thirty-one. Verse number thirty-one says, "You are going to reap exactly what you sow. Exactly what you sow. What you sow. You're responsible for your plant. You're responsible for your life. You're responsible for your harvest." It didn't matter what plants were around you. It didn't matter what was sown around you. At the end of the day, it's going to be what you did with your life, with your plant, with what you sowed. What fruit do you show? Verse number 32. Ben wants it. Ben, ben. wants it. Yes. 32. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency by their turning away. Complacency of fools destroyed. So what does it say? Uh. Once you turn away, it's it's just like you gotta you can't just sit there and be like everybody else. You have to turn back to God. Yeah. This is really good stuff, right? It says, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and not and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. What does it say? There there's two different contrasts. It's not like somewhat good, somewhat bad. You don't have a half tomato tree and a half watermelon. You don't have it's not half and half, it's one or the other. It's still not true. Oh man, plant. Goodness gracious. The tomato plant. It's not half and half, it's one or the other. Verse number thirty-three. Verse number thirty-three. It's another solution. I don't know if you want to if y'all if y'all have a Bible that you want to mark. I have here. Verse number fifteen, I wrote solution by the side. Verse number twenty-three is another solution. And verse number thirty-three is another solution. Twenty-three. I like that because when you hit that solution as you read through, it's kinda of like it says all this, here's the solution not to not to fall for those traps. Not to fall for those traps. What? 15, 23, and 33. Yeah, that's right. That's a good memory. So they're good solutions as you're reading. Verse number 33. I like this because it gives you a solution. It's not like it's just left out there. Final verse. I'm marking. Final verse. Ava's getting baptized today, though. Ava is getting baptized. So, Ava, you can either read it if you want or choose somebody. Yo, can I read? I will weather. 
Sandy can read. Verse number 33 says what? Here's solution. What does it say? Whoa, whoa, what's it start right there? But whoever does what? And what do we say at the beginning? You know, remember what y'all said at the very beginning of Proverbs? We have to do what? We have to listen. It doesn't matter if you say the exact right things. It doesn't matter if you speak exact truth. If you are not listening, it's just going in one ear and out the other. And it's interesting, verse number 33, the solution says, but ye who listens to what? To me. To me. Thank you very much. And what does it say at the end? Uh, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Wow, what does it say right there? To be secure without fear of evil. Yes, all right, so we're going to close this out. I got my, my one minute, my final one minute. It says here, whenever you do listen to wisdom, to God, to, to Christ with your life, it doesn't matter what any circumstance around you happens, you're safe in the Lord. He has you here for a reason. Oh, beggar, desire after the crumbs. It's okay. You have God. You following with me? That's what he's saying right here. He says, listen, evil can't touch you when you're, when you're in me. Remember Job? I couldn't touch him. Lord, you have a hedge about him. Because he stands upright, he's blameless, and he shunned evil. He did the exact same things in Proverbs chapter 1. Hey, when you're in God's perfect will, the devil can't touch you. You following? But it's whenever you choose to go back, when it's you choose to sin again, when you go back to that old lifestyle, that's when he gets the footholds. That whenever the traps happen. And that's exactly where it's at. You have a choice. God or the world. And it won't be any reason. It's not on Christ. It's not on God for not offering it to you. Because wisdom cried out and Christ cried out. What did you do with it? You see? Proverbs chapter 1. Y'all like that? That's pretty good. Yes, sir. All right, all right.